Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back. So glad that you're here today. No postcard to share with you, but I did get a uh, a letter in the mail today, a, a card in the mail with a Dunkin' Donuts card in it. That's always a blessing from my uh, pastor buddy, Kyle Gilstrap, uh, there in Montana. So, Pastor Kyle, thanks for thinking about me, and I will drink some coffee to your honor. And I do appreciate uh, you thinking about me. That meant a lot to me. We are in Jeremiah chapter 26, and I promised you last episode that we would talk about these two illustrations. So Jeremiah has preached this message, the people want to kill him because he related Jerusalem to the barrenness of Shiloh, and the princes even got involved, the political officials that could make and actually make a decision based upon the indictment, and they basically found Jeremiah to be innocent. They saw the veracity of his message. They, they saw the sincerity of his heart. And watch, if you would, verse number 16. We'll pick it up there again, where the princes and uh, all the people, uh, they, uh, then said the princes and the people to the, to, the, to the priests and to the prophets, this man, Jeremiah, he is not worthy to die, for he hath spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. So they, 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 Jeremiah's sincerity uh, won the day. But watch what it says now in verse number 17. Then rose up certain of the elders of the land. So some of these uh, older men, these respected men, perhaps these representative men of these, of these tribes, uh, they, they rise up and uh, men of wisdom and what do they have to say? Well, well watch it, verse number 17. So they, they rose up certain of the, uh, of the elders of the land, and they spake to all the assembly of the people. So interesting how this day is unfolding. The crowd is still there, and now you have some of these older, wiser, respected men that have some history to them. What, what are they going to add to this situation? Look at verse number 18. They said, Micah, the Morishite, prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Interesting. Micah. Which Micah? The Micah that you know. The Micah, the prophet Micah, who prophesied a hundred years before this. So when you think about the prophet Micah, also think about the prophet Isaiah, because they prophesied about the same time. They were contemporaries. And they prophesied a hundred years before this to the king Hezekiah. So Jehoiakim, he's the king at this point where Jeremiah's preaching. Jehoiakim's dad, Josiah, who had a dad who only reigned for a couple of years. I think, I think his name was Amon. I can't remember. But then uh, his dad, Manasseh, a wicked king who reigned for 55 years, his dad, Hezekiah. So Hezekiah started off bad. He was not following God. He was not serving God. And the Assyrians had attacked the northern kingdom and had obliterated it. Remember 722 BC. 
and the 10 northern tribes were obliterated, and he basically surrounded the southern kingdom and very easily, humanly speaking, could have destroyed the the southern kingdom of Judah. But remember, uh, Hezekiah turned to God. And under the preaching of men like Micah and specifically Isaiah, Hezekiah got right with the Lord. He repented and he called for a fast. And God delivered Hezekiah. God delivered the nation. And the the nation was spared uh, in the days of Micah and the days of, of Isaiah. So now these elders have spoken up in this this assembly here that Jeremiah has just been exonerated, and they are talking about Micah. So verse number 18, Micah the Morshite prophesied. They're remembering, not necessarily that they were there, but this prophecy was handed down and written down, and they're remembering that something similar happened years before, where Micah talked a little bit like what Jeremiah is saying a hundred years later. So Micah the Morshite, he prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and spake to all the people of Judah, saying, so they're quoting now the prophecy of Micah. And here's what they said. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed like a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, in other words, desolate, and and the mountain of the house as the high places of a forest. So these elders, when Jeremiah has preached this message, and they've kind of been in the shadows, they're remembering that what this message that Jeremiah is preaching is reminiscent of a message that Micah preached a hundred years ago, that Jerusalem would be destroyed and would be a barren place. And so it's the same message that Jeremiah is preaching. As a matter of fact, if you want to read that message, go back to Micah chapter number three, I think this is a quotation from verse number 12, which if memory serves me me, is the last verse in that chapter. And what you're going to find in that chapter is that Micah really calls out the priests and he calls out the religious leaders of his day and said, you're all a bunch of, uh, of fakes and you are in it for money, you're in it for prestige, you're in it for power, you're in it for politics, but you're not in it for the word of God, and this city's going to be destroyed. So these elders are really actually validating Jeremiah by saying, hey, he's speaking in the same vein as Micah did 100 years ago. Look at verse number 19. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah put him at all to death? How did Hezekiah respond to that very negative message? Did, did he put Micah to death? And of course, the answer is no. Did he not fear the Lord and besought the Lord? And the Lord repented him of the evil which he had pronounced against them. Thus might we procure great evil against our souls. So the, the, what the elders are doing here is they're... They're validating the verdict of the princes. That was the right decision to say Jeremiah was innocent. But more than just the right decision, we need to make sure that we're listening to this message and that we are repenting because this 
exact thing happened a hundred years ago. And were it not for that message from Micah, this hard message, and were it not for the humility of the civil leader of the day, Hezekiah, then we would have been destroyed by the Assyrians. So we have the same opportunity as a nation to repent like they did a hundred years ago. So they're basically putting a big exclamation point on what the princes have decided, but they're going beyond that to say, and we need to repent. So this is a great message with a super illustration of Micah and how will the people respond? Well, look at verse number 20. And so they talk not only about Micah, but now they're going to talk about another prophet. Look at it. And there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord. Uriah, now not the same Uriah that you're thinking about, Uriah with David and Bathsheba, not that Uriah, but there was a a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah of Kirjath-Jerim, or better pronounced, Kiryat-Yarim, so Kiryat means a village and Yarim means uh, of woods or forest, so Kiryat-Yarim, who prophesied against this city, and against this land, according to all the words of Jeremiah. So do you see what the elders are saying? The elders are saying, let, 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 me, let, let me give you two examples, people. One example, Micah, 100 years ago, who prophesied a message of destruction against Jerusalem. And the, the leader of that day, Hezekiah, he listened and God gave grace. But here's another prophet, Uriah, who preached a message that Jerusalem would be destroyed, what happened to him? Well, look at verse number 21. And when Jehoiakim, the king, well, wait a minute, that's the king right now. So Uriah was a preacher that was contemporary to Jeremiah because Jehoiakim just started preaching or just started serving and and ruling. We, We see that at the beginning of Jeremiah 26, in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. So whoever this Uriah is, his ministry had just taken place. His preaching had just taken place within the last few months or couple years. And watch what happens to him. Verse number 21. And when Jehoiakim, the king, with all his mighty men and all the princes heard his words, Uriah's words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard it, he was afraid. Now, Jeremiah was not afraid, but Uriah was, and he fled. He went to Egypt, and Jehoiakim, the king, sent men into Egypt, namely Elnathan, the son of Akbor, and certain men with him into Egypt, and they fetched him. They fetched forth Uriah out of Egypt. They brought him unto Jehoiakim, the king, who slew him with the sword, cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. So what happened to Uriah? Uriah preached the same message that Jeremiah is preaching. And and Jehoiakim didn't like it. And Uriah was afraid and ran. And Jehoiakim sent servants to Egypt to, to find him, to drag him back to Jerusalem. And Jehoiakim had him executed. Now, wait a minute. This had just happened. So think about that. When Jeremiah went to preach, Jeremiah knew that the, the, what had just happened was a man just like Jeremiah, Uriah, 
had preached a message just like the message Jeremiah preached, and he had been killed for it. Look at verse number 24. Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah. So apparently, one of these elders, one of the princes, or somebody in position of authority, and you can actually look at that word, uh, that name, Ahikam, and see that he was a notable official back in those days. Josiah was on Josiah's, uh, he was part of Josiah's leadership, and just study that name. We don't have time right now. But the Bible says that this man stood with Jeremiah that day that they should not give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. So now we see the full picture, don't we? These elders speak up and they say, listen, we have two great examples. Micah, who preached this message that was hard, and Hezekiah listened and the country was saved. And then Uriah, who preached the same message as Micah, the same message as Jeremiah, and yet Jehoiakim, our current king, would not hear it. And he went and got him and killed him. And now here's Jeremiah. Are we going to treat him like Micah and listen and be saved? Or are we going to treat him like Uriah and not listen and kill him and ultimately destroy ourselves? We have both examples and we've got a choice. What are we going to do? Now, in the moment, Ahikam stood with Jeremiah and Jeremiah's life was saved. But really, over time, what do we find? Jehoiakim and these princes and these people did not listen to the sage counsel of these elders and they ended up being destroyed. You know, there are many great people uh, that we will never know about until just footnotes, really, until one day we get to heaven. I think about men like Uriah. He was just as faithful as Jeremiah was, a young man, probably, who lost his life for preaching the message. Now, God allowed Jeremiah to live. He protected him, gave him a good man by the name of Ahikam to protect him. And yet, uh, Uriah was a faithful prophet as well. Some men live just short lives, like John the Baptist, uh, like uh, David Brainerd or others. Others live long lives. The point is not the length of life. The point is the quality of one's faithfulness to God in the life that God has given us. And here are some great examples. Micah, uh, this man Uriah, Jeremiah himself. Hopefully we can put your name there too. Being found faithful to the Lord. I love this chapter, chapter 26, but we're done. So next episode, we'll jump into a brand new chapter, chapter number 27, and begin our second half of this great book of Jeremiah. We'll see you then. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.